0: LifeWay Lifeway. Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.
1: G'day, I'm Madeline Galea.
0: And I'm Scott Sanders.
1: Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel ministry each and every week.
0: Hello. Hello, well this, is a, this is a little bit awkward, we've got your mum, in the, we've got your mum here today. I'm this, just like, this, I've this. got to be on my best behaviour.
1: This is Sandy Galea, this is this is my mum. Yeah. Hello
0: mum. Hello daughter. Welcome. Uh, Which means we're going to be talking about kids ministry. So we've got lots of props and we've fun games for pizza. those who are listening in and not looking. Today's going to be a fun episode because we get to play with kids resources. And also hear from Sandy about the great ministry of Kids KidsWise.
1: The One Thing's brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian church planning network. Over the past 10 years, we've helped plan 100 churches and by 2030, we plan to help launch uh, 200 more, which is pretty cool. But for now, you press play on The One Thing. Today's episode is Kids Ministry. So welcome again, Mum. So you've spent a fair bit of time with kids ministers uh, in Australia uh, and even outside. If you were to give three bits of wisdom to a really busy kids worker, kids minister, uh, what would be your top three?
0: Uh,
2: Look, most of the time we're just caught up with the busyness of getting ready for Sunday, gathering the resources, getting the admin right, making sure the checks are right for our leaders. Um, And so there's a There's a whole lot of work each Sunday just to get Sunday happening. Um, But if you were to step back and think, uh, how can I actually impact the most amount of kids uh, through my ministry? Uh, The first thing is think about which are the largest group of disciple makers in your church. And they're the parents. Uh, And uh, so... uh, so pouring time and thinking intentionally asking parents what is it that we're doing that's helping you to disciple your kids what is it that you would like us to do to help having those conversations um, with your parents and then trying to work out how to actually resource and equip your parents to actually uh, share their faith and have gospel conversations and be comfortable to open the bible and read it and pray with their kids Uh, So, spending time with uh, thinking about parents. uh, And then the next thing, challenge, is to make sure that we're not um, uh, caught up so much uh, uh, in discipling kids, teaching kids, uh, but actually going around from team to team and being the person who is the equipper of of all the teams. So, coaching, getting in there, demonstrating what good practice looks like, uh, having those conversations. Uh, helping support your teams if there's an issue with a child, getting in there, having those conversations with parents, so that uh, so that the right way of speaking to parents you know you're protecting your, your leaders from awkward conversations so being the person on a Sunday or midweek where you're not caught up in teaching a group of kids but that you're overseeing the team and being the support and that's really hard to do when you're a very small church
0: yeah very and, small. and hard often for a lot of kids ministers who just love teaching yeah. kids like that would have been hard for you it i imagine it was my
2: biggest grief it's the i i did not my, when i went when mbm started i just uh, I, I mean in the end when you're a small church plant, you do everything i did everything in a small church except for count the money and preach on a on a sunday but I did everything else. I even drove the trailer, mm. <laughs> which was a disaster. I would really like to see that. I haven't seen Mum <laughs> drive a trailer. Oh, that was a disaster, that, that particular Sunday, high stress. Uh, but as, eventually I worked out that actually uh, teaching kids was what I wanted to do. Mm. Uh, and I just thought, oh, I just need a few people to come and help me to teach these kids, but I just wanted to do that. But if we're going to grow kids' ministry at our church, I need to pour into my leaders time uh, and allow them to step into that space and for them to do it and grow um, and uh, and then keep multiplying those teams. And eventually it means that you're not discipling a group of kids, you're leading a team that's got a group of leaders that are discipling kids. Eventually you're uh, uh, at the point where you're um, stepping out of that and you're spending pouring time into your team leaders mm. who are pouring time into their leaders who are discipling kids. Mm. So. You've got to keep thinking, you know, if you're the one person who's got a heart for kids in your church, how are you going to grow it? Well, all you do, you know, in the next 12 months is to bring somebody alongside you and then pour into them and disciple them and grow them and next year bring two more people into that space. And so that's how you – because it takes years to to learn how to effectively disciple kids. So yeah. pouring into your leaders. Yeah. So
0: you've, you've got the, the focus on parents. Yeah. Be, being a coach, equipper, Yeah. What's your What's your third thing?
2: Oh, just make sure whatever material you're using that the gospel is at the center of it. There is a whole. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I, I wrote material. When I looked around, uh, there was some there was some theologically really good material out there. This was thirty years ago, mm. but it was just boring, um, and uh, and I, I just. I remember buying some lessons and I spent the whole time making them engaging Uh, they were speaking the truth and then there were other material out there which was really you know whiz bang was really lots of fun but they were not teaching the truth like they they took a passage and they the big idea was I was sitting there going that's not the big idea of that passage Mm -hmm. it was like they they found a big idea and they were trying to actually force a passage to uh, comply with it and so I yeah so finding material that uh whatever you use that has the gospel at the center of of the the um the the of every every lesson and that it's engaging for kids yeah Yeah. so finding yeah
1: yeah this might um this might fit it back into your point too though but i feel like uh, one of the strongest things uh, you emphasize is going from rosters to teams yes, and yeah. that emphasis. Mm. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I think, um, see, so how do we disciple any person in church? It's we we take them to Jesus through the scriptures in the context of meaningful relationships. and uh, And I think for People in kids' ministry, we understand yes, we've got to take them to Jesus. Yes, we do that through opening up scripture with kids um, in age appropriate ways. But I think it's in the context of meaningful relationship that sort of drops off the edge, uh, particularly when it comes to our Sunday kids' churches or Sunday schools. Because what happens is we have this group of people who are rostered on for three weeks. They come into the kids' lives and then they're out for six weeks and then, you know, six weeks later they're coming back in and the leaders have to learn the kids' names again and the the leaders and the kids are going, Who's my leader this week? you know, out of the myriad of adults that are coming into their lives. And it takes I think it takes a number of years for you to get to know a group of kids. Mm. So having a a group of people who are saying, Yes, my ministry is to disciple this group of kids and I'm gonna stay with that group of kids. Uh, for not just this year but I'm going to follow them through uh, 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 in kids' church and some of our leaders have taken them right up to Year 12 Mm. in in youth group. And so working in teams uh, of people who are committed to long-term discipleship. Mm. Now that becomes complex when you've only got one service and you can't Mm. have a Mary Martha thing but you can still work in teams and have groups of people who say, okay, I'm going to disciple the kids in our church in term one. And we're going to work as a team and we're going to grow as a team and we're going to work out where our gifts are. We're going to do things together. We're going to do things in our small groups. We're going to work as a team to disciple these kids so that we really get to know them over those 10 yeah. weeks.
1: Yeah. I've heard you compare it to if we wanted to start a new Bible study, we wouldn't say, okay, you're leading this Bible study for three weeks and then Fred's leading it for the next four. And yeah. we wouldn't even consider doing that for You
2: wouldn't consider group. doing that because the, the adults would not gel uh, – You know with their leader they would not gel as a group and and yet we do that with kids all the time Mm. and partly it's because kids church on Sunday is at the same time as adult church on Sunday so we've got to work out how do we how do we do the very best for the kids in our church so that they feel loved and known And they need to be known by their leaders and know their leaders, just like adults do in growth groups, Yeah, small groups.
0: So, Sandy, what's the one thing you'd say to a busy kids minister?
2: Mm, The one thing. Look, it is uh, most people go into kids ministry because they love teaching kids. They love discipling kids. Uh, But the best thing you can do is to face the grief that your job is not to disciple a group of kids, but your job is to equip the disciple makers. So shifting from being someone who teaches and disciples kids to shifting to being someone who equips many people to teach and disciple kids will actually allow the gospel to go out to and impact more and more kids and more and more um, uh, uh, families as a result. That's, that was the hardest shift I had to make and the one that I actually wrote a a, um, a, a, a blog article and I had somebody in America um, email me and say now I know why I hate my job Uh, she said you put into words why it is because she's seen growth and all of a sudden with growth it means that she is not as close to one group of kids Mm. she doesn't know the kids as much she's had to step out and uh, and I think for me personally, rather than seeing my joy in seeing the Word of God impact a group of kids, my joy is now seeing parents and leaders equipped to disciple kids. So your joy shifts. What you find. So when I when I hear of leaders tell stories about the impact on a Sunday of opening up, you know Genesis twelve to kids, which we will do this Sunday, or when I hear of the dad who came to me the very first week back. Last year, and the very first time we sort of opened up, and he came to me and he said, I just want to say, I'm so encouraged at the partnership between Kids Church and us as parents. And he said, I just want to tell you what's happened to Josh. And um, he said, I was walking past my son's bedroom the other day, and there he is with his Bible open. Josh is, um, uh, what is he, he's eight years of age, he's reading his Bible, and he's saying, Dad, he said, My friend and I, we've been taking Bibles into school, and we've been—we got a group of boys. There's nine of us, and because we wanted to to read the Bible with our friends, we've now got nine boys in our group reading the Bible. We started a Genesis, and he said, "But it's getting really hard, Dad. Mm. We're trying to work out how to teach." Now, there's some really complicated parts of Genesis, and his dad was so surprised that his like it came from no adult in his life told him to do this, mm. but him and his friend were so concerned for their friends at school mm. that they took Bibles into the playground and the boys didn't want to do it once a week. They were doing it every day, reading through the book of Genesis in the playground. And when his dad reflected back, he thought, and he talked with his son, it became obvious that when his son went to kids' church, what did his leaders do? They opened the Bible and they asked a couple of questions and then they prayed together when he uh, josh's dad you know and his wife what would they do as parents they'd read the bible they'd ask a few questions and they would pray together and so josh is just he's seen it in the home he's seen it at church this is what you do you share jesus by opening up the bible mm-hmm. and then reading it and talking about it and praying and uh yeah so That that for me was just so exciting to Mm. see the impact. Now, this boy, two years earlier, um, I I remember the day he said yes to Jesus uh, because he was at a July holiday club and uh, I remember sitting down with him and I said to him, Josh, what is it you've learned about Jesus this week? And Josh said uh, at the age of, what was he, six years of age, he said, I learned this week that my sin pushes God away, but Jesus came to take my sin away, so I don't push God away anymore. Now Sandy so
0: How would you say the one how would you say the one thing in five words without telling a <laughs> story? Sorry, sorry. So how would you say the one yeah, thing like, the uh, one thing yeah. make the shift from yeah. being a doer to a quipper.
2: Yes, yes, yeah, that's exactly and right. Grief. That's okay. good. Ungr- <laughs> and <laughs> grieve the process. Yeah. And grieve it. So Sandy, what grief. would
0: be your one thing to a busy kids minister?
2: to a busy kids minister uh, look take the time to uh, to think about the ministry rather than doing the ministry so you know in in the business step back and look at well what is your vision for this ministry uh, and uh, and and then look at how you're spending your time and then try and work out. Most of the time for for me, when I'm uh, uh, helping people to to step out of the the business, it's actually learning to step other people in to do the jobs that that they can do. So getting people to, to do the resource creation for you, getting people to do the admin for you so that you can actually spend time with parents, spend time with leaders spend time making sure that the the programs that you've uh, gathered together are are teaching the word of god Uh, because that's what you need to be doing those three things are absolutely critical but most of the time we're just caught up with getting our roles getting our need to knows getting making sure that it's safe doing our risk assessments so as many volunteers as you can step into those spaces to free you up uh, the better it is for
1: you. That's great. Yeah. And what's one thing you'd say to a senior minister? Ah, book into your calendar
2: on a very regular basis time to spend with the person who's overseeing kids' ministry. Because chances are, in most churches, they are overseeing the discipling of a third of your congregation. Uh, and uh, so they're responsible. For opening up Scripture and discipling a third of your congregation, so you've got to actually take that seriously. Don't outsource it. Mm-hmm. So you've even you don't have to know anything about kids ministry to actually meet with them because what you're doing is you're meeting with them. You're asking them how they're going. You're asking them what uh, how, what you can do to support them. Uh, do things like you know uh, make sure that they have professional development. A lot of people in kids ministry roles are volunteers. And so uh, most senior ministers spend time with paid staff, but not with high-level volunteers. And I would say someone who's overseeing a third of your congregation, they are a high-level volunteer Mm -hmm. and you wanna spend time with them. Uh, And so book them into your diary on a regular basis, just like you would book your Um, assistant minister into your
1: diary on a regular basis. I love that you knew the answer straight away. This is what you should do. Uh, Scott, what is in the toolbox?
0: Well, uh, can I encourage you to check out the KidsWise ministry page? So it's just been updated this year. It's an excellent page. Three things on that website that I want you to think out. Uh, get a subscription. There are a number of subscription options, but the subscription option allows you to actually access all the, the great resources there and the teaching contents that, that, that is there. It's also a great way to support your kids minister. So potentially, you know, buy, you know, buy a subscription for that kids ministry if you're a senior pastor and you're listening. Second thing, uh, you'll see there's a number of training options on there. I just want to point out two things. There's an option to get a consult. Uh, which is really helpful. But there's also an option to actually have uh, Sandy uh, coach you. So she talked about uh, coaching and mentoring that she that she does internally. Uh, there are a number of spots available for, uh, for Sandy to do that as well. So can I can encourage you to do that uh, as well. And then we'll put a link in the show notes to, to that article that you talked about, that uh, mm. about the sort of grieving process of handing <laughs> off <laughs> ministry. Surprising
2: grief. <laughs>
0: and then the third resource, y- you can check out on our online resource library a number of links to sort of sandy galia resources uh, sandy has just recently recorded a podcast for our reach australia mission series and so i encourage you to click the link on that and check that out mm.
1: right. well thanks for coming in thanks for joining us today Mum. Uh, i do know Mum, after this is going to return a christmas present that i gave her just uh <laughs> so i throw under the bus there uh, but that is okay, that is okay. <laughs> but thanks for coming in oh,
2: it's been a pleasure thank you for having me
1: All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. I'm Madeline Galia.
0: I'm Scott Sanders.
1: Chat soon.